It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell, show 437 of this podcast, the home of intelligent rambling, right here on the Talk Shoe Network. I'm your host, Russ Sale. Got a terrific show lined up for you today. It's a little bit of the old and a little bit of the new in my reviews for this show. I'm going to start things off by going back to the, to the 1990 with another classic retro movie review, this time courtesy of Milk Creek Home Entertainment, it is Firebird, starring Nicolas Cage, Tommy Lee Jones, and Sean Young, as it's uh, the uh, top gun of helicopters, if you will, as they fight the evil drug cartels, because that was all the big thing back then. Let me go back not so far in the past to another retro movie, this time uh, on Blu-ray, courtesy of Sony Home Video, it is Joe Dirt. Starring David Spade, where he came, he cleaned, and he conquered another underdog story. Let me go from the lean, green ninja machine to another ninja, but now it's ninjas and zombies. With my video game review for this episode, it is Yaiba, Ninja Gaiden Z, or Z, for the PS3. Courtesy of GameAccess.ca. That's all on this episode of Ramble with Russell. So I'm going to take a quick little musical break. Make some chop stewie and chow mein, and we're right back with the first review of the show. My first retro movie review for this episode is Firebirds, courtesy of Mill Creek Home Entertainment. Now, this came back in 1990 and starred a very young Nicolas Cage, Sean Young, and Tommy Lee Jones. Now, this has been described as kind of the top gun of Apache helicopters. And it's very much a movie kind of set in its time. As you may remember going back in history, back in the 1990s, America kind of declared war on drugs and uh, serving un- under, and, and that was kind of their, their focus and their charge. And, and Bush especially said, you know, we're just going to go after them now. So this is a, a movie of the times. In the movie, Nicolas Cage stars as Jake Preston. He's a young hotshot pilot who 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 you know is full of ego and and a few other things. And Tommy Lee Jones in this is Brad Little. He is the older, more grizzled veteran of the group. Although he wasn't that that old back in 1990. And Sean Young is Billy Lee Guthrie. He she is the love interest of Jake Preston. And and they start the movie, and you can tell there's a bit of a history between them. And as as the movie progresses, you you find out more and more that yeah, they had a past, and he and and, and uh, Jake wants to you know pick things up where they left off. And Sean Young's character Billy, 
she's uh, kind of reluctant at first. There's a nice little interplay between them where he's kind of hitting on her and she's going like piss off and that that kind of thing. But, you know, as with most movies, that never lasts. And then and that eventually is resolved. This is a fun movie. It's very much a sign of the 1990s. The music is is very 80s, 90s. You have a couple of really good Phil Collins songs in this movie. And, and it's pretty much a PG movie. There is a scene of sexuality in this. But it's... Oh, jeez. It's, it's pretty tame. It's almost like uh tv standards tame uh, tame of that it really shows some things but there's a lot it doesn't show so really you know it, it's 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 no showtime or hbo or anything of that nature the the what, what kind of stands out in this movie and i guess you could almost say the same thing for top gun is the aerial fights in this these this uh this kind of stuff in this is really kind of cool and and I, I've always had a, had a thing for helicopters. I've always liked a good helicopter movie. And this is that. Now, you may you may view the acting as a little cheesy, but Tommy Lee Jones, uh, it was just he was really in his prime in the 1990s. Keep in mind, you know, he, he was really active. He had done The, the Fugitive was around the same time. So he really was a hot commodity. And I like the interaction between him and Nick Cage. They really had a good chemistry going. And now, Sean Young... Uh, back in this time period what was pretty busy too and, and she has a, a, a beguiling quality about her and what I, I what I remember most about Sean Young at this time is that uh, after the, the when the first second Batman movie was uh, Tim Burton one was announced she she campaigned hard to be Catwoman she really did and was really miffed that Michelle Pfeiffer got, Pfeiffer got the role. And after watching Sean Young again in this movie, I go, yeah, you know what? She could have been a pretty good Selena Kyle. She she had the short black hair. She had the look of the character from the comics back in the day. And I think she could have pulled it off. And I kind of wish that they had just gone with her instead of Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, you know, did a, a decent job and looked great in that cat suit. But I think Sean Young would have just added that I don't know. I, I I think they missed the boat in her. And that is something, you know, that, that we will never know. But I, after watching this performance, I go, yeah, yeah. I think they should have given her a chance uh, for that role. And I don't see, I don't blame her for campaigning for it so hard. Overall, this is a bare bones release. This, this is another Mill Creek re-release. So you're not going to get any, any special features, any extras. The picture quality on this is pretty damn good. This is a 25-year-old movie now. And it still looks good. Uh, you know, they've, they've cleaned it up and it's as good as you're going to get for this. If you haven't seen this movie, check it out. I, I've read some reviews online and a lot of people say, well, it's less gay than, than Top Gun. And yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, there's more of a, there's less bromancing going on in this thing. The, the quotes for this movie cover, you know, I love to read the quotes on the show and I will continue to do that. It said, uh, if you enjoyed Top Gun, you'll have a great time. That's by Michael Medvid from Sneak Preview slash PBS. Okay, I'll grant you that. And just some generic person from the Chicago Sun-Times says it's entertaining. Yeah, I'm going to give you all that. There, there's some amazing footage in this uh, and, and aerial combat. And I'd rank it up with anything, you know, I, I've seen in, in quite some time. And Nick Cage is tolerable. Normally, I only like Nick Cage when his, flame, his face is being flamed off in Ghost Rider. 
But as Nick Cage movies go, this one, yeah, he, he plays the cocky, smarmy guy really well. Really well. One of the other things I noticed about Firebirds is the use of technology in the flight simulators. Now, this movie is going back 25 years, and I was kind of impressed by the, the technology that they use, the, the graphic screens in the flight sim. Because, you know, I mean, a lot of, and this may throw off some kids, because modern kids who go this and say, it doesn't look realistic, it looks really kind of not, you know, and, and they'll they'll kind of knock on it and make take them out of the movie. I, I kind of like the retro look of it. And you consider what, you know, graphics were 25 years ago. That's not bad. You know, of course, these days with Xbox One and PS4, it, the, I'm, I would hope the military uses stuff that looks a lot better than what I saw in Firebirds. But for I mean, 25 years ago, I was impressed because, you know, 25 years ago, you know, video games weren't as pretty as they are now. So I don't. I would think that's uh, that's a look at the the technology that the military had access to back then, and that's the filmmakers able to use. So if that's what the military had 25 years ago, I'd love to see how good their helicopter sims are now, because they must just kick ass now. So one of the little things. I'm a technophobe, and I just couldn't help noticing that while watching the movie. So, that is my take of Firebirds on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Mill Creek Home Entertainment. From the first time I saw you there, I had to stop and take a breath of air. Cause you took my breath away and you still hold on to it today. My dear, when I hold you near, it seems so very, very, very clear As it has been from the start, yes, my dear, my dear, my dear You have my heart, you have my heart Heart, you have my heart Now that so much time has passed, it's plain to see that this love will last Every time I look at you, it's the only thing I want to do. My love, my only love, my beautiful angel sent from up above. The only fear I have is that we may part, girls. My love, my love, yeah. So 
My second retro movie review plus episode is Joe Dirt, courtesy of Sony Home Video. Now, this goes back to the summer of 2001. I remember actually seeing this movie in a theater near me because, you know, I was always up for good comedy. At this time, David Spade was kind of really at the height of his popularity. His movies were really starting to kick and, and he was a pretty active kind of fella. What's interesting to note in this is that between this movie and now, he's only done five theatrical films. In 14 years, that's all he's done. Now, keep in mind, if you just looked at his theatrical career, the guy's barely done anything. But TV show-wise, he's been in a lot of TV shows, and he's been on TV a lot more than he's been in the theaters. So it's kind of deceiving you look at his career. In this story, and now this is uh, produced by Happy Madison, the the Adam Sandler movie company. In this story, David Spade plays Joe Dirt, who is kind of a lovable loser. This movie is very much in the mains of Waterboy and and that kind of feel, where, where he's just like a lovable loser, for lack of a better term. In the story, we follow Joe Dirt uh, as, as he kind of recounts his life story to a local DJ, played by Dennis Miller. And then there's quite a few little SNL alums in this movie along the way. Now, kind of, uh, this, the story in a way is almost like Forrest Gump, but a ruder, cruder Forrest Gump. This movie uh, tugs the heartstrings, but also it kind of tugs on your stomach, too. Where there are certain scenes in this that you're kind of going, Ugh. and and I'll warn you folks, do not eat this or uh, watch this movie with a full stomach. There's a certain scene in this movie revol- uh, revolving uh, revolving around a meteor from space, and the meteor is not just a hunk of rock, and, and the revelation of that huh, it is a little bit. Yeah, you don't want to be watching this movie on a full stomach. One of the things I I remember liking about this movie back in 2001 is the soundtrack. You know, say what you will about Adam Sandler and some of his, the writing and the dialogue in his movies really kind of blow, but he knows how to put together a good soundtrack. And this is another one of these movies. Well, yeah, after watching, I go, yeah, I know why. I know why. I know why I bought the soundtrack to this movie back in the day because there are some really good songs and and Sandler has a knack of putting good songs together as it goes Spade is is a good lovable loser he has a massive mullet in this movie because you know that's his look and 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 a a pretty decent supporting cast along the way his love interest is Brandy played by Brittany Daniel who, who, you know, throughout this whole movie, Joe Dirt is is so ignorant of of um, of, of 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 the way she is, and and the the whole story kind of revolves around Joe recounting his story to Dennis Miller for the search for his long lost parents. Because as this movie, as we learned early on in the movie, Joe Dirt was abandoned by his parents in the Grand Canyon when he was dumpster diving when he was eight. And so he spent all these years trying to track down his parents. And, and, and Dennis Miller, co- uh, co- character of Xander Kelly, kind of dis- discovers him and gets wrapped up in the story, which is Joe Dorte. So <laughs> that's it. Christopher Walken uh, has, has a role in this as Clem, who is a, a janitor 
in the school that Joe works for, he he's very much a uh, <laughs> he's Christopher Walken. Also in this movie, Kid Rock has a role as Robbie. He is the the rival for Brandy's affection, and really kind of shows off how much acting Kid Rock can actually do. But for this, yeah, he 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 plays a douchebag really well. I this is one of these movies you, you can't help not kind of. You know, feel some some sympathy for Joe Dirt, a character who just, I said he he's the poor man's Forrest Gump, <laughs> whatever. It's because as uh, there 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 are generally touching moments in this movie, and then there are moments you're going, oh, did I did I just see that? That just happened. Now they are making a sequel to Joe Dirt. This is why this is coming out now. Which is coming out and going to be released only on Crackle, and and I'm wondering, wow, 14 years between sequels that that usually is not the best sign. And as part of the extras for this, you do get two featurettes on on the making of Joe Dirt Two and Joe Dirt Coming Back. So so you do get a little preview of it, and and I'm not sure. I'm not too really optimistic about this preview because as i've talked before about paul blart and i've talked about Ma- and, and hot tub time machine uh, once again for the sequel um i don't know if this is gonna work because they're taking something which should kind of just been left alone and they're messing with it and much like um, hot tub time machine the sequel looks like we have a little bit of back to the future timey-wimey stuff going on with joe dirt where somehow and hopefully in the sequel they explain this. He goes back in time, messes with his past, and then his future gets messed up, and then he has to try to fix that. So that's the premise, I think, of the, the second movie. So go. I'm not sure how that's going to go. Uh, when it comes to special features for the original um, movie, you do get commentary by the director, Denny Gordon, and commentary by David Spade. So that's cool. Cool comedy track, uh, commentary tracks. You don't see that too much in movies anymore. Good outtakes and a blooper reel. You get deleted scenes. Some of the, a lot of the scenes they deleted. I I can see why they did them just for pacing, and and I think the movie was fine without them. And you get the original theatrical trailer. Now, thing keep in mind the deleted scenes. A lot of them, oof, uh, they're not the original prints. They look like they were uh, really rough cuts that they since they put them in the movie they decided never to really clean them up so they're not the best quality some of the uh, deleted scenes actually do have commentary with them where the director explains why he took these scenes out not all of them but some of them so that's kind of a nice option that you can watch them with commentary overall it, it it's the story of an underdog and if you're looking for an under uh, an underdog story with a bit of crudeness in it then yeah uh, pick this up. It, it, it's very much, you, you can tell it's a Happy Madison production. And, and it's a neat uh, look back. And, and just for the soundtrack along, as long as you can get past all the kind of the grossness that occasionally hits, it, it's worth checking out. But not a movie to check out with kids around because there's definitely a lot of adult content that you might find questionably showing to a wee young child. But then again, you can say that for a lot of Adam Sandler movies. So that's my take of Joe Dirt on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Video.
TV show on DVD review for this episode is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Showdown in Dimension X and Retreat, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Video. Now, this is the this is the more adventures of the 2012 Nickelodeon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Showdown in Dimension X is the second half of the second season of the show, and Retreat is the first few episodes, six episodes of season three actually first seven episodes of season three but now so let's start off with the end of season two throughout the whole season two there was a kind of a big thing brewing when it came to shredder and the krang and karai and and her learning of her you know them learning that karai was actually master splinter's daughter and trying to convince her that you know you know you know she'd be fighting for the good guys and not with shredder who who kidnapped her that sort of thing so that that's your big kind of um arc in that story also in the second half of the second season we finally get the mutation of baxter stockman into the fly version of baxter stockman who looks really ah, nasty this is one of the nastier versions of him but so that mutation finally happens also in that episode we get a nice little hint of things to come in that uh, uh, Shredder is kind of harassing Baxter before he mutates him to say, you know, we need progress. I need you to do more for me because you're not really proving your worthiness for the Foot Clan here. And and Baxter goes, oh, well, I'm working on changing, you know, uh, Warthog and a Rhino. And, and Shredder goes, ah, that's a stupid idea. So there, there's a seed planted there. and 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 there's more on that. Uh, in a future review. So, you know, many classic Turtle fans have been wanting Bebop and Rocksteady, and, and the show will be delivering, but that's a discussion for another episode. So they, they drop a nice little hint in that in this season. We also get introduced to a, a new villainous henchman called Tiger Claw, who is just a really nasty... You know, no villain and a, and a good adversary for the turtles. Also, uh, as usual with the show, uh, we, we get um, we get some really weird villains, especially one in, in the episode Pizza Face, where it's a it's a pizza that that controls people. It, it, only in the turtles could could pizza be your enemy. So there's there's quite a few in that um and there, there, there's um there's ghosts they go against in this and and a lot of stuff in dimension x so there's even there's even a um an episode where the turtles do some larping voice uh, get guess voice wise in this second season the second half you get a lot of actors uh paul rubens <laughs> does a guest voice as well as gilbert godfried as one of the krang and Roseanne Barr is 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 the head crank. So an interesting addition of voice actors for this show. So so, so that's kind of cool. I, I was really impressed by the amount of and also the character of Irma takes a very interesting development. They go someplace with Irma in this show that I don't think any previous versions of Irma have ever been to. So 
Point to them for, for kind of, that even surprised me what happened to Irma, and I'll let you see it. I'm not going to tell you, but I was like, oh, okay, they're doing this with the character in this incarnation of the Turtles. The 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 season ends with with something I, I don't see very often and really puts the, the, the Turtles and, and gang in a position I've never seen them before, where... where um, where the, the the Krang and the foot invade, and let's just say there are times when the good guys don't always win, and and the second season ends with uh, some characters in question, some characters in jeopardy, and and sets a very interesting kind of story arc for season three, and it's something I don't think I've ever seen happen to the turtles before. And and really, it's it's impressive with the show for a kid's show, you know, you know, a cartoon. They really do some pretty good stuff in here. I that there are some episodes in this thing, like the pizza face one, is a little creepy. And there are there are some aspects of the show where I don't know if I would. I worry about showing two little kids the show and then sending them to bed because woo, <laughs> there are some spooky stuff. And this, and I'm not trying to say, you know, there are worse things for kids to watch, but just keep that in mind. That sometimes the show goes to some very dark places, and and if you have young kids, maybe this isn't the thing they need to be going to sleep with. Just saying. Uh, but overall, uh, a good second season. Uh, I really, I like how they went in season two, some different directions. The, the whole introducing of Karai as Splinter's daughter and, and trying to them to tr- the turtles trying to work to to get her back. Also, there was a, a budding kind of maybe relationship there they hinted at between Karai and Leonardo that that may or may not come to pass in future episodes. Things happen at the end of the season that I don't know, I would say put the Karai Leonardo relationship on hold for a while at the very least. But but I, I applaud them for for the creativity in that. Overall, a good second season, and and worth checking out for extras on Showdown Dimension X. As usual, you get the mutation of a scene. You get the 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 animatic storyboard stuff for each of the episodes of this thirteen episode collection. You get a report, uh, a Channel Six special report, Oozgate twenty fourteen, which is a fun little comedy bit where they do channel six reporting all the mutations throughout the city it's you know it's it is what it is and and that's that's basically it for for extras a a good second season builds from the first and and really does a great job of setting things up casey jones too also becomes a much more important member of team turtle as i like to call it and and the 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 rivalry between Casey Jones, Donnie, and April is is just fun to watch. <laughs> Those two fighting over one girl. Also, we learned some more things about April, which I don't know. Uh, th- there may secrets behind this version of April and Neil, and I think there's even more to be told in the future. So so that is season two. Now season three begins with retreat. So this is. The, the next volume of releases where you have seven more episodes. So the first quarter chunk of season three. Now it's season three. Uh, not to be too spoilery here. They they do some uh, interesting things in season three. 
at, at the end of season two, the, the turtles are in a bit of a shambles. They, they've, they've been pretty much booted out of NYC by the Krang and Shredder. Uh, Leonardo was grievously wounded. Shredder is lost and, and we're, they hint that he's not dead. But but he's in rough shape. So for this first seven seasons, sh- the Shredder, I mean Splinter, is just not around. And because of their defeat in New York City, the Turtles and Casey and April flee to to the O'Neill Country Farm, if you will. But of course, wherever the Turtles go, do you think they're just going to spend times in the farm and relaxing? And nothing happens. Oh no! Yeah, while they're up in the woods, upstate if you will. They, not, they encounter Bigfoot, they encounter mutant frogs, uh, dream beavers, I'm not joking with you, uh, uh, a possessed car, a mutated car, a chimera, and, and all kinds of other various dangers within the woods. Also, we, we get a little more in, uh, insight into, also, we get an appearance by April's mother as well, and you know, it just couldn't be a, a typical sweet family reunion in this show. These particular episodes are a little dark. As I said with season two, even more so with three. They, they, they really, they're, especially the Dream Beavers. The, the show gets a little bit on the spooky, creepy side. And, and, and there's, there's one point, um, where, where they, they're actually stalked by a mutated creature. Which is pretty much a a a chainsawing maniac, like from a horror movie. So <laughs> I'm gonna warn you. They start off this third season a little on the creepy side. Now the one thing when it comes to turtles has always been changed. The turtles have been around for quite a few years now, and there's always been a lot of different voices that have done the turtles, depending on which incarnation that you view up. I mean, the, right now currently this is their third animated series, so they, they've done a history of changing voices. The only actor that's kind of stayed with the show is the voice the, the turtles that, that is now is Donnie. Used to be the voice of Raphael in the 1980s commercials, uh, 1980s show, and now he's Donnie in this show. So that actor carried over, but everybody else is pretty much, they invent a new cast. Well, for some reason, this season, the voice of, starting season three, the voice of Leonardo, played by Jason Biggs, who decided to leave the show for some reason or another. I haven't yet found out why he left the show, but he has decided he didn't want to do it anymore and they had to recast and they recast the voice in somebody that's not not he's not talented but where does he find the time and that is Seth Green now the, the name may not be familiar with you but he is a very busy guy he has been the voice of Chris Griffin and a bunch of other characters on Family Guy so he's been doing that gig since 1999 and he's still doing the show for as long as I know and he also produces Robot Chicken as well and he's also currently in hulk and the agents of of smash so this is a very busy guy and he's now put yet another show on his belt and he's even in pre-production with another tv series as well called casey so i don't know where seth green finds the time to record these shows but he is now the voice of leonardo and i have to give again the tv producers of the show credit Rather than just give the character a new voice and just, you know, don't explain it, 
because they don't think kids are smart enough to figure out the turtle has a new voice because of the whooping that Leonardo got in the end of season two. They, they, in the, in, within the show, they, they explain his new voice because he was been beat up so bad that it changed his voice. And, and, and with that little gesture, then that explains to everybody watching, including kids. Oh, this is why Leonardo sounds differently now. And and it just that's all they needed to do, and it was pretty good. I, I admit that they didn't just go, okay, we're just going to throw a new voice in, and we're not going to give you any explanation for it, and you just have to accept it. And that happens a lot in animation. Trust me, it, it really doesn't. But it's nice this time around. They at least gave a little bit of an explanation why Leonardo sounds different now. Going forward, um, if if you know, keeping with Seth Green, they're going to have to somehow maybe throw a line in saying, "Oh, I guess your voice is stuck this way," because more characters in the past are going to notice he has a different voice, and it may be a running gag with the show. But that's what's good. As Leonardo, Seth Green is is all right. He he's a harsher, rougher voice than Biggs. So that takes a little getting used to, but the, the main character is still there, and 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 he does a lot of time, at least in this in these first few episodes, kind of recovering from his injuries. So at least you know they're playing it realistic, like like you know he doesn't just boom recover, and he's after after the whooping he got in season two. So I like how they give at least a little bit of realism with that. Uh, as it goes, it's it, it was, you know, uh, neat to see the Turtles outside of New York City. I mean, that's kind of happened in previous shows in the 2003 series. They had Flash Forward where they sent the Turtles forward in time. So they, they changed the setting that way. But for the, for the most part, they haven't done that too much uh, when it comes to the show. And it was neat to see a new... Uh, incarnation of the punk frogs, Napoleon Bonafrog, this time <laughs> voiced by John Hedder, who used to be Napoleon Dynamite. So nice. Again, with the voice casting in the show, they really do a good job. And the voice of the Dream Beavers, one of them was Robert Englund as well. So I, the, 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 the vo- guest voice casting in the show continues to impress me. A neat start to the third season. No sign of Splinter at all. Uh, I'm hoping with the next volume, Return to NYC, which will be coming back in a future episode of the show, once they get back to New York and try to take back the city, then maybe they'll find Splinter again. But at least for the first quarter of this season, the voice actor got a bit of a break. And and he's put on the shelf for a while. Same thing, really, with, with, with Shredder and Krang and all that gang. Really got a bit of a break for the first season. So I'm looking forward to the next volume. I, I, I'm curious to see how they take back New York City after they pretty much got their butts handed to them at the end of season two. Uh, for extras, as usual, you get the uh, mutation of a scene. that That's pretty standard for all of each of the episodes. And, and that's it. So that's the only thing you get for extras. So that is my take of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, both Showdown and Dimension X, and Retreat on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Video.
This video game review was brought to you by GameAccess.ca, the smartest way to rent video games in Canada. To rent Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z today, visit www.gameaccess.ca. My video game review for this episode is Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z, or Z, for the PS3. It depends what country you're in. Now, this is the latest in the Ninja Gaiden games, but we take a slightly different slight in this one. In this game, we are not playing Ryu Hayabusa. No, we're not that dude. We're not any part of his clan. We, in this game, are the enemy. We are now Yaiba, who is is the, the badass enemy of Ryu. 
And when we start this game, Ryu has already killed us. And we've been brought back from the dead with a cybernetic arm and a whole lot of pissed off vengeance to boot. So we, we come back and and it's basically this game is like every fanboy's fantasy. It's ninjas versus zombies or mutants or however you want to say them. Mutated individuals in this game. And and Yaibai is on, on a bit of a revenge kick. He wants to find Ryu and kick his ass. And he also kind of, so he, in his vengeance quest, he gets sent on on, on various missions uh, by this organization, by this dude who, who never really, well, he doesn't truly meet face to face, but uh, communicates with and and a and a and a sexy broad with showing a lot of cleavage on on a walkie-talkie. So he gets sent on these missions to kind of track down Ryu and and in along the way kind of find the, the spread of this virus and to stop it. So that's kind of the the plot of this thing. To aid him, he has a sword. He has three weapons to aid him. He has a sword. He has a cybernetic arm, and he also has. A flail, which is kind of like uh, a spiky ball on the end of a chain. There you go. So those are his three weapons, and he can dash. He's a real dasher. There, there is jumping in this game, but it's selective jumping. You can only jump in certain places. You can't like jump and then do like a diving attack. This is very much a button mashy game. Now, as you know, Ramblers, I love a button mashy game. Because I don't, you know, I ain't one of these Street Fighter idiots who goes, Oh, you gotta hit this good combination of button and you get this attack. I don't give a rat's shit about that, okay? I'm gonna be honest with you. When I pull off combos in fighting games, it is sheer luck and it is no skill. It maybe, maybe, maybe somehow I pick up a combo, but I really don't give a care uh, if you know, oh, oh, the latest combo to kick my ass. I don't care. I just mash buttons, and I do stuff, and I maybe do combos, and maybe I get away with it. And that's what I like. Now, I started this game on normal. Yeah, I know, usually I start things in easy, but I thought, what the hell? I'll start this normal. I got about, mostly through these seven levels, maybe close to half, and I had to switch to easy, because, ugh. Uh, it just got to a point in the game where I was getting overwhelmed and it was like, no, no, I'm not going to give up. Uh, I'll just try dropping down to easy, then maybe I can get through this. And it worked, so there you go. Now, your 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 enemies you face, it varies. You're, you're, you're simple, kind of infected, which, you know, just slap you around and bite you and whatever, right? And then they start kind of experimenting this game is very much it's it's kind of um combat through chemistry where you you encounter different infected some uh are fire based some are electricity based and some just spew vile vomit at you so so you have three kind of chemical reactions here and as you go through the levels those chemical reactions can play in how you deal with enemies and also how you get past obstacles. Uh, you, you, Because of your cybernetic arm, you can do a chuck and throw, and you can also pick up an enemy 
and and be like the Hulk in the Avengers movie with Thor or with Loki and just go flop, flop, flop and throw your enemy into other enemies. So there is that element to it. There are there are humanoid size uh, components, and then there are ones where you fight whether either a giant mech dog. Uh, or are these giant two-headed mutated babies? Yeah, I, I did say that right. The giant two-headed mutated babies. Uh, so you have one of those either you're fighting. Combat style is pretty much that. Uh, the, the, the health power-ups are, are gotten by doing executions. You have to literally wail the shit on something. Then a little exclamation point comes up. Then you have to hit that L2 really quick, catch them... Uh, button mash until you until you kill it and then you get uh, an extra power and you get health but the, the way this game works and this annoyed me a little bit you, you as you attack enemies you build up a rage thing right which you can unleash but when you perform an execution and you get health you diminish the rage meter and you take that away so by executing and getting an item and getting health you diminish something you've just spent a lot of time building up this is a little counterproductive and i i uh, really it really makes you think more than you really need to think in this game the dialogue in this game is really funny uh the story and the lines uh, i that that was part of the part that kind of got me going through this the boss battles are okay the last one is how many times must i kill the boss before I can get rid of the boss. There are certain levels where you get really overwhelmed with opponents and you really have to kind of attack them a certain way. There's a weird science and a chemistry that if I attack this character with this extra weapon, I get this chemical reaction, which then I will be able to deal with this character more. I mean, you the extra weapons you pick when you execute, you get uh, uh, like... Um, uh, a sp- you know, uh, uh, a bagpipe kind of spewing thing, electricity, you get uh, nunchucks. So it, it varies. You get a rocket launcher, which I really love, and a flamethrower. And that can kind of play in how you attack an opponent. So you have that kind of fighting there. Uh, and, and it can vary. There are, there are a lot of levels and there's a, and especially the boss battle at the end. If you just kill an enemy too quickly and you don't execute them and get the thing that you get when you execute them, then you can't finish the game. You can't. There's the last boss. You can get right to the end, but if you don't have the electric whip to kill him, you cannot finish the game until you get it. So in a way... If you kill enemies too quickly and don't get that power-up, it works against you. It's really weird. Uh, I've never played a game like that before. Overall, it's fun. It's a nice twist that Ryu is the enemy. At one point, you do fight Ryu, and he is a real son of a bitch. Uh, Also included in this game is a lot of quick-time events, a lot of jumping and moving where you have to kind of go jump, swing, and then attack an opponent, and then jump, and then swing, and then attack again. Uh, that can be a little tedious mon- uh, and monotonous, but it, it does add to the dynamic of it. The, the The main enemies I really hated were the pukers in this game. 
freaking pukers because not only does a puke hurt you, it also blinds you and you have and you can't see what the hell you're doing. The camera work on this game can be a little crazy because there's a lot of times I'm going, okay, where the hell is my character? I can see all these enemies, but where the freaking hell did he go? And also the electricity um, opponents, they can be a bitch too. So uh, there's, there were times in this game, I'm going to be honest with you, Ramblers, I came very close to giving up. I came very close to saying, F this, I don't want to play this game anymore. I'm just going to quit. But I finished it. Your reward, though, for finishing this game and beating it is you do get to play a side-scrolling good old 2D version of this game. Kind of Street Fighter-ish version of the game. So you do kind of get that to play with as your reward. You also get extra costumes. And so there is a, a fair good of replayability for this. The the animation artwork is very reminiscent of one of the um, the last Dead Island games I played, which I didn't really like. It, stylistically, it looks kind of like that. It's kind of a artsy kind of animation. So, if you're looking for you know a three D kind of more realism game, nah, this is nothing like that. It, it's very much art arty in that kind of way. Overall, uh, a fun game, uh, at times annoying. Uh, you can get upgrades as you go. Uh, I encourage you to get health ones as much as possible. You can upgrade your secondary weapons, although I don't know how much good it really did me. I, I, I kept upgrading, but I don't know how much it really improved my gameplay. I didn't really notice it that much. In general, if you want to have a good button mashy game, that's it. This is definitely not a game to be playing or with adult with children around. It's very violent and 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 quite gory at times, especially when you deal with executions. They are nothing but not pretty. Very in the, much in the style of God of War, and just ooh, that was nasty. Uh, so that is my take of Aiba Ninja Gaiden Z for the PS3. This video game review was brought to you by GameAccess.ca, the smartest way to rent video games in Canada. To rent Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z today, visit www.gameaccess.ca. That's going to wrap things up for this episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed it. As usual, you can get in touch with me the number of ways on the World Wide Web. On Twitter, I'm Rambling Russ, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me and I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the retweets and favorites that people do for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can check me out right here on the Talk Show Network. I'm show 18411. That is my show ID. I encourage you to visit my page and leave a comment. I always love to hear from my listeners. As well, you can check out my original homepage on the internet where I have over eight plus years of podcasting goodness going on to nine plus now. That's at http full colon backslash backslash ramblingrust.libsyn.com. That's my home internet where I have episodes from 2006 right up until 2013. And anything from 2000, August 2013, that's right here on TalkShoot. Please check those out. You can uh, also see my Facebook page. Just type in Rambles Russell on Facebook. You find that there. 
And check me out on iTunes from the iTunes store under podcasts. That's where you can all find me on the world wide web. Coming up on future episodes of the show, I got a still a whack of things to talk about when it comes to Anchor Bay, including the dog who saved summer. Um, where 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 Zeus the dog is back once again. Uh, and movie wise, we'll be uh, we'll checking out another another retro movie review from the great folks at Mill Creek. This time it is No Good Deeds, starring Samuel L. Jackson and Mila Jovovich. As well, still waking my way through season three of Unforgettable uh, on DVD, courtesy of Paramount Home Video, and uh, checking out Bloom Camp to the Power of Three from Sony Home Video, the three disc set where we have all three of the Neil. Bloom Camp movies, including the latest Chappie, along with Asylum and District 9. So I'll be talking about that collection in the near future. That's all coming up on an ep- another episode of Ramble with Russell. Also, going to try to start checking out the House of Cards TV show as well. And still waking my way through um, the Bo- uh, and also you have my review of Boardwalk Empire Season 2. And I'll be working on season three in the near future. So that's all kind of coming up right here on the show. Video game wise, I am playing through uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five for the PS3, and I hopefully will be getting a copy of Jurassic uh, Lego Jurassic World in the very near future. That that's all coming up in the future episodes of the show that is it for me and we'll catch you next time right here on ramble with russell thanks for listening everybody goodbye it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.